welcome to So What's the Problem, in which we rewatch a movie from our youth to determine if it's problematic by today's standards. I'm Jen. And I'm Jimmy. Today we will be discussing Beauty and the Beast, which was released on the 22nd of November 1991 in the US, and a massive leap. It was released on the 9th of October 1992 in UK and in Ireland on the 16th of October 1992. Uh, it was written by Linda Wilburton and directed by Gary Trousdale and Kirk Wise. It stars the voices of Paige O'Hara, Robbie Benson, Jerry Orbach, David Ogden Stairs and Angela Lansbury. Jimmy and I have thought of three problems the movie has, three each, and we'll discuss them. We also each have one positive the movie. What's your history with Yeah, well, I was just thinking that because now I learned that this was released in 92 here. It sort of changed what I thought that I knew about when I watched this movie. Or when I first discovered this movie. So this was released after it was at the Oscars. So in 92, it was up for uh, Best Movie, which was the very first animated movie to be up for Best Motion Picture. So I must have seen this movie. I did go to the cinema to see it, so I probably didn't see it until like a few years later. But I remember seeing adverts for it and everything. So that must have been in 92. So, and I remember it, it being a big deal because it was um, a mix of CG and um, 2D animation. Uh, you know, just mm-hmm. like hand-drawn animation. So, I don't think I actually watched it because you know how Disney is with their um, uh, releases. So, I probably didn't see this movie until, uh, Jesus, maybe 96, maybe? My, my sister was a, a baby. What about you? <laughs> um, I saw it in the theatres. Yeah, I it as much. Um, I had, had the soundtrack, listened to it a million times, had the novelization. Um, I was super into it. It's, I'm not sure if it's my favourite Disney movie. It's between that and Cinderella, um, as far as like my favourite Disney movies from you know my childhood. Yeah, I loved it. And then I watched it a few years ago and got really upset. Um, this movie is... A problematic. I mean, there's arguments about it on the internet, but I just read many articles that tell me <laughs> that a lot of people have the same problems with it that I did a yeah. little. There was one think piece I wanted to find that had the opposite view that I couldn't find. And there's just some other things about it that, like, just really piss me off. But I still, I mean, I still love it. But, you know, you see the memes all the time where people will talk about, like, something something when Bella's done singing her mean song about the town yeah. or something like yeah, that yeah, yeah. like people love to criticize this movie which is fine like as adults I think we're looking at a lot of movies that we loved mm-hmm. when we were kids and are like oh there's some questionable messaging yeah. there I am going to criticize this movie that's the point of the podcast Jimmy thanks Jen thanks for that so good, um, <laughs> good. <laughs> I I'm not a fan of this movie but I'll get I'll get into it uh, I think I'm not a massive fan of Disney movies in the nineties in general. I think I like I like two Disney movies, animated Disney movies from the nineties, and that is Aladdin and Mulan. That's the only two I really like. Do you not like Oliver and Company? That's eighty nine, <laughs> or that was eighty eight or something. That was the eighties. It, it would it must eighty eight or eighty nine. Did you at least like it? Um. Well, we spoke about Oliver and Company before. I didn't see it until later on, but I read the book. <laughs> I read it on tape. Yes, I did like Oliver and Company. I feel like it's really underappreciated, so I bring it up whenever I can. In fact, I think it was, what, 87? Because Little Mermaid was 89, and then this was 91. So um, I'm not a fan of Little Mermaid either. 
I don't know. I think it's just the the ones that are just sort of love stories. I'm not a huge fan of. Um, it's just not my sort of thing. But I, there is things in this movie that I do like. So you know. Oliver and Company was 88. 88, yeah. Oh my god. We need to do more animated movies because they're so much shorter. Yeah. Like, Oliver and Company is one hour and 14 minutes. I know, but you may be surprised to know, Jen, that this is actually the first episode of our, of our animation month. So Oh, it is? <laughs> so we didn't know. Yeah, so we are doing more animated movies, but this is the only Disney movie um, that we're covering this month. Jen knows this, I'm just telling you, listeners. Yeah, so animation month, woo! Because uh, I don't, I don't even like Hercules. <laughs> I just, I just, I've never seen Hercules. Yeah, I just, I don't like it. I don't know why. I don't hate them. Don't get me wrong, but I love Aladdin. Aladdin, and Aladdin's problematic. But I still love Aladdin. Yeah, uh, I'm not even a fan of the Lion King, much to the annoyance of my sister. But yeah, and I'm, I don't like Pocahontas either. <laughs> Oh, I refuse to watch that because of the historical inaccuracies. Yeah, yeah. And I was like in sixth grade or something when that came out. And I was like, that was my view at the time. Like, what what kind of kid was I? (laughs) What was I doing where like I was aware of the inaccuracies in Pocahontas? I didn't have the internet. I know. It's like, hold on a minute. This is a love story between a man and a woman. Although real life, she was like 11 years old. But hey, and I knew. How did I know that? <laughs> I, know. I just remember. I remember in I think it was eighth grade we had um, a history test, mm-hmm. and um, Pocahontas was part of it. And we had read about Pocahontas in class, and I was one of the only kids that got the answers right mm-hmm. because everyone was going off their memory of the movie, and the movie was totally wrong. Mm-hmm. And the teacher seemed so disappointed in the students. And you know what? I was disappointed too. Yeah. Mel Gibson seems to have a history of that sort of thing. Wait, I, what are you talking about? Um, bad, bad history. <laughs> bad I, history I thought Mel movies. Gibson was like a, a good guy who always tries to be historically accurate. Yeah. And loves Jewish people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he doesn't say demeaning things to female police officers <laughs> or anything. Yeah, but fuck that movie, Pocahontas. Anyway, what is uh, your first... Um, problem with this movie, Jen. Okay, can we talk about that bitch, the Enchantress? Yeah! I have a huge problem with with this hoe, okay? <laughs> so, listen. She shows up looking all old and ugly mm-hmm. to a castle, mm-hmm. right? Where apparently an 11-year-old lives there without his parents. Mm-hmm. Okay? Like, I guess they're servants and stuff, so I can't say he lives alone. But she goes up to an 11-year-old child... And he's rude to her, which 11-year-old children tend to be. Yeah. And she's like, you know what? I'm going to turn you and hundred, what's seemingly hundreds of people. I'm going to turn you into a beast and I'm going to turn them into objects, even though they didn't do shit. Because you were rude to me because you thought I was ugly. Yeah. Who does that to a child? I had trouble deciding what my problems were. I'm still not totally set on what the other two are. We'll see how this conversation goes. Mm -hmm. But, or I'm, I know another one, but the third one, I'm not so sure about. Mm-hmm. Um, like, I had a lot of problems. But the one thing I was set on was the idea that he was 11 years old and she did this. Yeah. And they make it, like, in that um, stained glass thing that, he, like, he looks a little older, but he's not. He's 11 because they say they've been there 10 years mm-hmm. and it's, like, his 21st birthday. Yeah. It, it just, 
It's so infuriating. She was so unfair. And also, her curse, like, if she was going to have to do it, Mm -hmm. I really feel like it should be that he falls in love with someone who is not traditionally beautiful. Mm -hmm. Because it's so funny. This punishment is because, like, he was mean to an ugly woman. Mm -hmm. You'd think that, like, it wouldn't work so well if it's, like, the person he falls in love with is supposed to be, like, the most beautiful girl in the village. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Even even though... In my opinion, the three blonde women who constantly fawn over Gaston are better looking than them, Belle. But we won't get into that. Um, but I just... Sorry, I just need to complain for one more minute. Carry on. Um, I just... The Enchantress really pisses me off. And it's like... So she wants to punish this kid. Mm-hmm. And she does this to everyone who lives there? Yeah, yeah. Including small children? Yep. And the dog? Yeah, what the fuck did the dog do? She is a million times worse than the rude child. Yeah, okay. So let me just um, say what I wrote for my problem then. Okay. Okay, so we can have a discussion on this. Now, it's a bit of a rant, so I apologize. I was watching it and I got a little angry. Okay. So I wrote, the curse makes absolutely no sense. Why were the servants changed? And why do only a select few get faces and voices? That's a good question. Yeah, a lot of them don't have faces or voices. They're just inanimate objects. Uh, Mm. How old was the prince when he was changed? They say um, he was to find love before he turns 21, and they've been cursed for 10 years. Was he um, 11? Or it might have been 10, because if it's 11th birthday, then 10 years, then yeah. That's true. Um, So uh, that would explain his behaviour, but not how he looks in the painting, because he looks older in the painting? Did everyone freeze at their ages? Because that would explain Chip, but it wouldn't explain the 21 age thing, because yeah, how old was he when he was frozen? If he was 11, then that makes sense with the 10 years thing. If he was 20, that doesn't make sense in the time frame of his 21st birthday, because he'll never get to 21 if his age is frozen. It, it, the thing is, is I when I watch these movies from my youth... Mm. I feel, I'm using I feel words and stuff. I feel (laughs) like they thought we were stupid fucking idiots. Either that or they were just putting so little thought Mm -hmm. into these movies, they didn't care. Because this seems like some pretty simple shit here. Yeah. Like, it it is insulting to me. Like, I I was nine when this came out, Mm -hmm. and the nine-year-old in me feels insulted. Yeah. Um, I'm not finished. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. No, it's okay. Um, if Chip has brothers and sisters, why is he the only one allowed out the cupboard? Where are the prince's parents? And if it's only been 10 years, why don't the villagers remember they have a royal family that seem to be missing? These were all questions I had. The only question I've had answered today is because I was ranting to my husband about this earlier. Mm-hmm. Um, just about the whole movie. And one of my questions was, I was like, because I was like, look at all the plates. Like, look at all the dancing plates. And they are the plates that they eat off of what happened to the original plates. And then this had never occurred to me before for some reason. I was like, oh, did the plates turn into, like, did the people get turned into already existing objects? And Dylan was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what happened. The They were turned into existing objects objects and he's like that's why it's weird at the end when the maid is using the feather duster um because he pointed out that you would like after 10 years of this you would be holding the feather duster and be like i used to be you right when when the maid 
is still the feather duster and all the villagers have attacked. Mm-hmm. There's a guy who's ripping the feathers out of the duster. <gasps> and that is very unsettling when you remember that she's a human being. Yeah. There's a lot of things where I'm like, like, okay, so Mrs. Pops has to pots has to heat up for tea like does that hurt yeah like i have a lot of questions like when he sticks his finger inside cogsworth what what's going on there yeah i feel like before they animated these movies like when they had the script ready and everything they should have had some people like a a panel of people on various kinds of drugs um (laughs) and done a read through of the script because i'm not going to expect somebody who's like smoked a lot of weed to read a whole script but I want them to do a read through of the script and then ask those people what they thought. Because I get the feeling those are the people that are going to come up with all the questions. Yeah. I mean, if I were running Disney in the 90s, this is how I would have done it. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> oh. I just I, I just wonder, like, in the all the meetings they have for movies like this, like, does anyone ask these questions? Probably not. Because, I mean, we've said it many times before, but the internet wasn't a thing then. Like, they didn't think about stuff like that i honestly i will for the rest of my life wonder did anyone ever question the fact that Haley mills and then later Lindsay lohan that their parents just split up the twins Mm -hmm. makes the parent in the parent trap it makes the parents look real bad it does there's just all these things where it's like you think about it and it's like why wasn't i questioning this more as a child i mean i was questioning the parent trap thing as a child Mm -hmm. but it's like extra disturbing as it's like well, then they shouldn't have tried to get these two people together because these people hated each other so yeah, much that, that instead of keeping lives. the kids together, yeah, they like each took one so that they wouldn't have to be in their lives anymore. Mm-hmm. That's shitty. That is, uh, is garbage, yeah. Disney parents are awful if they're alive. Yes, which also just brings me back to the question is where are the prince's parents? The prince is never named in this movie yeah he's named outside the movie apparently but it's really annoying that we don't know the dude's name like just because he's a beast doesn't mean he can't have a name yeah she's like beast and i'm like did you ever ask him his name bell no did you ever think to ask him what his name is (laughs) or give him a name if he doesn't have a name like give him a nickname or something yeah show more interest in your captor Since we've had a little rant about that, but it doesn't make any sense. It's ridiculous. Um, So what is your second problem then? This is where I'm not fun. Let's just talk about domestic abuse. Okie dokie. If we must. Um, So this is something I've struggled with this movie for a while, um, probably about seven or eight years. And I tell you what, so I remember when Xander was a baby, I watched it one day Mm -hmm. and I started to notice some parallels between Beauty and the Beast relationship and uh, domestic abuse. Mm -hmm. And I got real upset. I got so upset that I blocked that out of my head. Mm -hmm. And then a couple years later, a friend went on a rant about that on Facebook. And I was like, you just ruined my childhood. Like, I can't believe you did this. And then it's one of those things where later I thought about it and I was like, wait, I've had these thoughts before. Yeah. Um, Do you ever do that? Like, sometimes I'll read, like, say I'll read some weird casting news for a movie or something. And I'll say to Dylan, I'll be like, oh, my God, did you hear about this? And he's like, yeah, I heard about it from you two months ago. (laughs) And like, I just forget things or somebody will tell me something like some fact and it'll blow my mind. And like a minute passes and I realize I've heard that before, and I'm surprised every time. There's something there. So I had had these thoughts, repressed them, and then got reminded of them. And I've read multiple think pieces, even before today, about this. And I know I saw one a few years ago that was about 
was actually defending her relationship with the Beast and focusing more on the abusive nature of Gaston. Mm -hmm. And I wish I could have found it. And it's just now occurring to me that I might have even saved it in my saved articles on Facebook. And it didn't occur to me to look Mm -hmm. till just now. So I'm not going to do it. Okay. But then it's my problem is so I read like all these different think pieces before we recorded about how her relationship with the Beast is abusive. But, like, not enough people are talking about the fact that, like, it's him and Gaston. Yeah. Well, Gaston represents, like, hardcore toxic masculinity. Notice when he comes into her house to propose to her, like, she almost immediately puts a table between the two of them. Like, she's spending the whole time making sure there are objects in between the two of them because she is clearly scared of him. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. Like, the- but then, like, reading about the parallels with the beast it's just it's a little upsetting it's one of those things where it's like i want to be able to just say oh i'm just gonna enjoy this and not think about these things that much this happens a lot when watching older things where you realize this is how ideas get in our head when we're children yeah right like this it seems innocent right Mm -hmm. it's just a cartoon but it plants something in a kid's head that like Someone can be awful to you and you can change them. Yeah. Like someone can be a terrible person. And if you're just really nice to them and try to help them, then they will change and be good. True. I didn't really see Gaston as like the scene with her, uh, him going into her house as her being like scared of him. I saw it as her being like disgusted with him. Um, And he does go a little bit too far by like pinning her up against the door. Mm-hmm. Um, but the way she handles that by opening the door and letting them fall out, she doesn't seem scared to me. There, it just she just seems like she's like, oh fuck off, dude, kind of thing. You know what I mean? I feel like maybe not even necessarily scared, but that she knows that if he gets too close to her, he could do something bad. Mm-hmm. That that's the feeling I get watching it, and I think about people I've known where I'm like. I need to keep some something between us because I don't even want them hugging me because I yeah, know yeah, it's yeah. going to feel icky. Yeah. Like, it's that kind of thing. And I also, like, I mean, let's be real. He didn't do it in this movie because it's a kid movie. He totally would roofie her. Right. <laughs> like, <laughs> that's who Gaston is. Like, let's let's be real. He's He only wants her, like, he says he wants her because she's the most beautiful woman in town. He just wants her because she doesn't want him. Exactly, yeah. He's he's got three blondes there who are willing to have mm-hmm. a foursome with him. Oh, he could go to town, man. Yeah. But like he wants this woman who not only doesn't like him, but she doesn't seem to like anyone else in the town because she's a big old snob. Mm-hmm. So like if he won her over, then he really wins, right? Because she only likes her dad <laughs> and yeah. the guy who owns the bookstore. But anyway, so as far as the beast is concerned, she is his prisoner. Mm-hmm. Th- okay, that's another thing I don't understand. So he gets all pissed at her dad for trespassing takes him as her prisoner and she and then she trespasses and is like well no take me instead i mean shouldn't he just be taking them both as prisoners if he's going to take somebody prisoner for trespassing yeah but also that doesn't make any sense at all given what we know about the beast in the short amount of time we know the beast it's like why would they keep any prisoners at all why wouldn't they just scare them away and just tell them to piss off yeah i don't know and leave his house there's a lot of there's a lot of holes in this movie man there is so then he takes her prisoner and it's like she's not allowed to leave or anything. Like she can't even say bye to her dad. And so people and this isn't something I noticed on my own. This is something that I saw other people notice that like abusers will isolate the abusee from like their friends and family. Yeah. 
And so there's that, which, like, I'll say that's not one of the obvious ones just because, like, I didn't connect with it. And I'm not someone who looks for things like this, no, right? No. So, like, I'm not one who usually notices these kind of things. So if I'm noticing it, it's probably kind of bad. Um, But it is, like, I mean, he controls her life. Like, he's in charge of her. He, like, tries to deprive her of food, which luckily his servants ignore that. And mm-hmm. they sing a delightful song about feeding her. Mm-hmm. But um, it's – she's – his he's her captor and it's like she develops stockholm syndrome ah i i disagree why because she doesn't fall for him until he is a nicer person which is not what stockholm syndrome is stockholm whatever sorry oh i was just gonna say i mean you're right but whatever it's still really gross no (laughs) no it is he is very abusive he doesn't hurt her but he still makes me feel Icky. Yeah, no, I agree with you 100%. But well, and I... the Stockholm Syndrome thing, I do disagree with. Okay, but okay. I, I see your point. Yeah, but I know that he is abusive towards her. But then again, he is only 11 years old, technically. He still has the brain <laughs> of a child. And I, I will say, I saw some, some defenses of the movie that were saying it's ridiculous to think that it's abusive, and they gave their reasons. And, you know, there are some reasons that are maybe okay, but no, I didn't find any arguments that were fully convincing. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just, like, and I, I feel like when I think about attitudes I've had towards men growing up and how I should act and how they should act... Mm-hmm. Like, there are behaviors that I, like, I always knew that, it always felt to me like it was wrong, like, if a boy likes you, he's going to, like, pull your pigtails or whatever. Yeah. He's going to be mean to you if he likes you. Yeah. But it's one of those things where we're told that enough that, like, even if it seems wrong, I'm like, but it must not be because the adults say it's okay or whatever. And so a lot of attitudes I've had like that in my life where, like, even if I can sense something's wrong, I just assume it's okay. It comes, like, a lot of it comes from movies like this. And we've talked before about rape culture mm-hmm. and um how movies you know affect you in that way it, you're thinking about um what is and isn't rape and you know what's okay and what's not mm-hmm. and this is the same kind of thing where it's like they love to teach us that you can change someone and then fall in love and it's really frustrating and i you know i saw a lot of people talking about how well, she argues with him a lot. She fights back a lot. Mm-hmm. But that, I mean, but she's still being held prisoner. No, she is. I, I agree 100% on the abusiveness and the fact that yeah. she's a prisoner, but I disagree with the Stockholm Syndrome Stockholm syndrome part. I do think, not that she deserves any abuse, I do think it's really shitty of her to go into the West Wing after being specifically told not to. I agree. Okay, let's just go into my pro- second okay. problem then, because it sort of goes on to this again. Belle has no arc because she's there just to fuel the story of everyone else. I never thought about that before. Because she's basically pushed into love, right, Mm -hmm. by the staff because they're selfish because they want to be turned human again. Mm -hmm. And she falls to the beast when he's nicer, but it doesn't really, yeah, it doesn't really change the fact that the servants, you know, plot to have her fall in love with the beast in the first place. Um, She's only there for Gaston to be a big manly jerky man who wants her because she doesn't love him and then she's also only there for her father to try and save so Mm -hmm. she doesn't really have and also at the end she gets what she wants she's you know she she wants to um 
she wants to get away from the village and live a better life and she does that at the end and she's rich and she's you know a princess you know she learns nothing yeah it would have been nice if she learned how to respect the townspeople mm-hmm because they you know they seem pretty happy <laughs> maybe they're happy with their small lives yeah apart well the ones that attacked the uh, castle but again why don't they remember there's a castle right outside their town you'd think that'd be the kind of thing people would talk about yeah or at least maybe put a line in there that the enchantress also made the people in the village forget or some shit i don't know it makes me feel better to think that to like just make that my head canon. yeah <laughs> sometimes you have to decide things for yourself you do do you think it might have been better if the prince had um who apparently is called adam outside of the thing but He's not called that in the actual um, movie. But do you think it would be better if he still had his parents? His parents are there, but they turned into inanimate objects and couldn't speak. Or at least say they fucking died or something. Give us something regarding the parents. Disney does not care about parents. No, they don't at all. Disney really made me think that orphans were a much more common thing than they are. Or really, children's movies in general, because, you know, Little Orphan Annie is the first one I think of. Yeah. I really thought there were way more orphans in the world. Yeah. I'm not complaining that there aren't. No, no, I know. <laughs> Don't get me wrong. But the amount of, like, animated movies or, like, kids' movies or whatever where there's orphanages, mm-hmm. it's very scary. <laughs> yeah. The, the other kids' movie I picked has an orphanage. Oh, okay, right. Oh, I hope it's an animated movie, because it's animated movie. Well, yeah, I mean animated. <laughs> I was like, oh, what she picked? Oh, no. But I, th- I do think you're right. She doesn't have an arc. Mm. Um, and it would be... Because she's... <laughs> at the beginning, she's so mean to the townspeople. And like, yeah, okay, so they're singing about her too. Mm-hmm. But they're basically like, dude, this girl is like weird. But like, we guess she's okay. Like, yeah. they don't seem like they like hate her or anything. They're just like, girl's weird. And which is true. Like, the girl is reading while walking. And like, it's... She's rude. Yeah, because back like back then, in those days, not the nineties, back when the movie set, um, that would be seen as odd. Mm-hmm. So like the villagers are just acting the way that villagers back then would act. And she's like, look at these small people yeah. <laughs> who have boring lives, and I can't believe like I can't believe they haven't killed themselves yet and i want so much more because i read jack and the beanstalk and it opened up my mind mm. that's my impression of bell <laughs> yeah talking about the beast i think the beast's voice is great yeah i love well, his voice this well it was robbie benson who i know best is playing sabrina's dad on sabrina the teenage witch right um i feel like but wasn't he a child actor or something i think he was yeah yeah. But this is, like, right before, like, just a couple of years before they started getting celebrities yeah. to do voices. And I think, like, kids don't need celebrities. Like, they do that for the adults. Yeah. But, like, the adults are going to go see whatever the kids tell them to. They've been doing that since, like, the 70s. Like, Bob Newhart was in um, The uh, Rescuers. I mean, that's true, but it's, like, this is right before it became... Typical. No, no, I know, no, no, no. I'm not, I'm not yeah. disagreeing with you. I'm just saying. And then you've got like okay. Billy, Billy Joel and Bette Midler and um, yeah, the aforementioned Oliver and company. Like it happens sometimes. Vincent but... Price and um, Basil, the Great Mouse Detective. But we are, we are a couple of years from. Like, if this movie had been made like four or five years later, mm-hmm. the leads would have been played by like Sandra Bullock. Yeah, and absolutely. like 
Tom Cruise or something. Like it it would not have been Yeah. Okay, um I'm just looking at Robbie Benson and he was in uh he was a child actor like in the seventies and stuff, and he was mm. in Ice Castles. I don't know if he had a big role in that because I never saw it. <laughs> but it looks like he worked quite a bit, but then he turned into a director. Yeah, yeah. Like, he, he directed did, friends and stuff like mm-hmm. that. Yeah. So but I thought he had had like a big show when he was a kid. Yeah. I guess I was wrong. I agree with you that if the movie was made now, it would be like still animated like, but if it was made now it or a few years after it was made, then it would it would be major stars. Because even mm-hmm. though you've got Billy Joel and Bette Midler and Oliver and Company who were known at the time, um, they're not they weren't like we've got these people because they're celebrities. Mm-hmm. We've got two people who are known but can also sing. Yeah. And they need to sing in this movie. We got Vincent Price because he has an amazing voice and he um, sounds good as Moriarty. You know, stuff like that. Mm. It's like, they didn't DreamWorks it. DreamWorks always just get celebrities in their movies. The thing that drives me crazy is that, and I'm a little better at it now, but for the longest time, I couldn't identify who a voice was, right? Like, I yeah. hear the voice and I would recognize it. Couldn't told you who it was. I have gotten so lost watching animated films before because instead of paying attention to the content of the movie, I was trying to figure out who I was listening to. Mm-hmm. Did you do two problems already? <laughs> yes. Okay. Yes, I did. I agreed. I'm with trying two to problems. make sure I know where we are. I'm trying right, to make sure I know where we are. It's time for your fun. Okay. I'm thinking real hard about this. Right. I had a long list of things. Um. What I'm going to go with mm-hmm. is the beast right. is a beast. Right. It's real icky. She falls in love with him. She doesn't know he's a he's a human. Right. That's bestiality, dude. Like, what did she think was going to happen? <laughs> she sees his picture, though. She sees his painting. Of a, but does she know kid. it's him? Because we don't know. know that she knows it's him. No, that's true. No, that's true. Right. Yeah. Okay. So... It's taken us 42, 43 whatever episodes to get to bestiality is a problem. And that's I'm impressive. I'm quite surprised by that. Yeah. But listen, yeah. listen. So, she, yeah, you're right. She saw his portrait. But then when he turns into the person from the portrait, the mm. manly 11-year-old from the portrait, mm. he's like, it's me. And she has to, like, look at his eyes for a real yeah. long time to believe it. Mm-hmm. If she, So that just shows that she didn't know that was him. Or else she would have been like, yeah, dude, I saw your picture. Yeah, exactly. Because, yeah, she falls for the beast. And then, you know, it's just lucky that she finds him attractive when he turns into a human. Oh, man, what if he had been ugly? Yeah, exactly. That would have been funny. That would have been funny. (laughs) (laughs) I think my version of this movie would probably be better. What what if he was Gaston's twin brother? Oh my god. <laughs> god, can you imagine? Like, that would really suck if you fell in love with someone who looks just like the person you despise the most. Mm-hmm. Also, Gaston just, like, dies and no one cares. Yeah, exactly. I love that. He just falls and they're just like, eh. I couldn't see it this time, but, like, supposedly when he's falling to his death, you can see, like, little skulls in his eyes. Yeah, I've seen, I've seen, um, uh, pictures of that, but I didn't actually see it when when he falls. That's quite fucking morbid, actually. Yeah, <laughs> Disney. Uh, but anyway, I I just it's it's really gross when you think about it. Like he's a beast. I it would make me feel better if she knew if somebody had told her that he had been human. Although it, it's really good that she doesn't know about the curse, right? Like that didn't affect her thinking or her emotions or anything. But 
like she fell in love with him like if he hadn't turned human like what was gonna happen there because i am pretty sure the sex i mean i shouldn't we shouldn't think about it too much but i get the feeling it wouldn't be uh very um good for her it would there there would be something painful would happen well either he would rip her in two or he wouldn't know what to do because he's only 11 years old oh my god God. well what i just you know started thinking about as soon as i brought it up was in uh twilight breaking dawn when bella and edward have sex for the first time and it's like he freaking breaks that bed yeah i would love to do a 50 part series on twilight not with me you know and and all the problems all the problems with the movies and or the books i would love that yeah, we'll get a guest host in for that one. I'll tell you what, I could do a whole, I could do several years of podcasts on how terrible Fifty Shades of Grey is. Yeah. The book. The book. The book. Did you watch the movie? I, I saw the first movie. Um, yeah. And here's the thing that sucks. So I read those books. I didn't want to read the books, but I read the books. Mm-hmm. Um, That's a long, boring story about why I read them. But I mm-hmm. read the books. And there is a very good extremely campy movie that could be made from those Mm -hmm. like just a real real weird movie Mm -hmm. and i'm afraid they're never gonna do it well the i've seen the first movie Mm -hmm. and they take that shit far too seriously oh yeah yeah yeah. and the thing that sucks here's what sucks is that dakota johnson Mm -hmm. that's what she's associated with and so of course people are going to associate her more with like dramatic acting because of it Mm -hmm. um because it's not a comedy not intentionally yeah but she's actually a really funny actress she did this show called ben and kate Mm. she was perfect on it she was so good on that show and it only lasted one season but she was so good and dylan and i were so sad when she got cast in 50 shades of gray because it was like we wanted her to have this more comedic career yeah and we were like this is gonna derail it like i know she has <laughs> done a couple of comedies but like she's people I, most people don't realize she's actually very funny yeah so your problem your last problem was bestiality so my last yeah. problem yeah i i just want to make it clear i want to make it clear that i know this is controversial this is a controversial opinion but i think bestiality is wrong i, I and i know you. you i know you're not gonna agree with me <laughs> <laughs> just trying yeah. to start some trouble that's like yeah that's okay that's okay what's your third problem first problem technically because it starts it's at the beginning of the movie right mm-hmm. and we usually do them in order and the opening song they rhyme facade with odd okay facade and odd don't rhyme i mean in america people say facade facade though no, it has to be facade facade odd. facade to write no nah, it doesn't work and they're French. It doesn't work. <laughs> yeah, it does. No, it doesn't. Facade, odd. No, it doesn't. <laughs> Facade. Facade, odd. No, it doesn't work. Okay. Well, maybe it works for maybe it works for Americans who yeah. don't know proper English. But the American does... audience is the only one that matters. That's why we got the movie a year earlier. <laughs> yeah, that is pretty puzzling, actually. I... I, I I only found that out when I was writing that down today, and I didn't realise that before, or I would have looked it up to see just why we got it a year later, because that is strange. Well, um, Disney is strange. Disney are strange. But like, I'm glad we're not really dealing with the vault anymore, because mm-hmm. that was some bullshit. 
That was. I mean, it's genius. They are genius. I have bought Disney movies because I was afraid I wouldn't be able to get them later. So what's your positive? Uh, duh, the music. No, okay. I mean, the music, the, the songs are great. Like, I still, well, randomly, without anyone even mentioning the movie to me or anything, like, just start singing her mean song at the beginning like i love it i still remember every single word of it the music's really good it's really lovely be our guest is classic um it just occurred it just occurred to me that they did not put the extended version on disney plus because that's not what i watched because i just realized i haven't seen i didn't see the human again Mm. oh that's another thing is when you ask my history with this when they released and at this point it's been almost 20 years ago they Mm. re-released it in theaters yeah um, with a new song and I did, that was the first time I ever went to an IMAX theater was to see, one of the only times I've been to an IMAX theater was to see Beauty and the Beast um, mm. with the with the new song. So uh, that's that's what a big fan I am because I know those tickets were probably expensive because IMAX is more expensive. Yeah. So, so, I'm so a, I must truly love it. <laughs> so who sings the song? It's a group song with right. like um, Cogsworth and Lumiere and Mrs. Potts. And it was something that they had recorded back in the day and i and fully animated i think at the time but it, they just cut it out of the movie but i mm-hmm. think that it's in the musical so it was it was a song people had heard if they'd seen like the broadway show mm-hmm. but i had not um cuz i'm not fancy and mm-hmm. so yeah so it's and it's a good song but it's it's really weird when you're watching a movie you've seen a million times and there's all of a sudden not just a new scene but a whole new song <laughs> Yeah. It kind of takes you away from it for a minute because it's like, oh, this is here? Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah. What, what's your positive? So, my positive is the movie is absolutely fucking gorgeous. Yeah. It was probably the best looking Disney movie, uh, animated Disney movie, up until that point. And there have been some good looking movies, but mm-hmm. they just went all out with that movie and it looks absolutely stunning. There's a shot at the beginning when mm-hmm. like the narrator's telling you the story and it's just like a shot of like like it's like outdoors. Mm-hmm. And it's one of the first shots of the movie and it's so beautiful. Like I see yeah. that shot and I'm like, Oh yeah, I love this. <laughs> I it, it's it is a beautiful movie. Is isn't this the first one where they used computers? As yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and okay. the ballroom scene mm-hmm. and all that. So yeah. So somewhere in storage I have a flip book of them dancing. Oh nice. I've got some merch. I've got some merch <laughs> somewhere in storage. I loved this movie so much. Yeah. Yeah, it's just a beautiful movie. Mm-hmm. Next week, Jen. Yes. We we are in for a treat. Are we? We are covering the very first claymation movie that we've covered on this podcast. And that's The Adventures of Mark Twain from 1985. And it is something that you have to see to believe. Let's just put it that way. So that is my pick, my first pick for Animation Month. Um, so... What do you think of that, Jen? <laughs> um, I, I, I think that'll be interesting. Uh, you haven't seen it, have you? No. No. Okay. Yeah, it's going to be very interesting. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, that's all we have time for. Uh, if you want to follow the podcast, it's at Drop the Pilot Pod. If you want to go to the website, it's uh, shiftybench.co.uk. 
Contact at shiftedbench.co.uk is the email address. Where can people follow you online, Jen? At Pilot Inspectors on Twitter. And I have a Party 5 Rewatch podcast called Closer to Free. Excellent. Um, so thank you all for listening and we'll speak to you all next time. Goodbye. Goodbye.